0: What's up? Welcome to Tide Sessions, a podcast about water sports. I'm Mike and this is Mel. We're both super passionate about the water and together we co-founded a kite surfing school called Tide Water Sports. On this podcast, we're going to be chatting to athletes, founders and other rad people who also love being in, on or under the water. We hope you enjoy these conversations as much as we did.
1: In today's episode, we talk to Charlie Young. Charlie is a marine biologist and presenter. She's also a freediver, a scuba diver, a wild swimmer and recently turned sailor as she took the plunge to go live and explore the oceans on a sailboat. We talk about her journey with freediving, how she fell in love with the sport and most amazing dives today, hint it was at night and it may or may not have involved whale sharks, and her dreams for the future. We absolutely loved our conversation with Charlie and left so inspired to go and do more freediving ourselves. We bet you will, too. Enjoy!
2: Hey! Hey. (laughs) Hello! How's it going? Good, so nice to see you. Yes, lovely to see you, too. It's nice to put a face to the name.
1: Definitely. I mean, we've seen your faces because we've been stalking you on Instagram, so... Yeah, (laughs) plenty of stalking (laughs) going going on. nothing like a good stalk that's
2: for sure (laughs) yeah
1: especially on your feet it's beautiful all the dives and all the i mean it's it's amazing
2: thank you that's really kind yeah i've been lucky to go to some pretty cool places and um i mean it's definitely the wildlife and the places that are doing all the hard work when it comes to uh yeah making it look beautiful it's not me
1: um okay so maybe I feel like there's so much we need to talk to you about because you do so much like it's amazing but um should we start at the beginning and go all the way back to little Charlie and yeah when did you first fall in love with water
2: so my whole world has been shaped by water I grew up in Pembrokeshire for the first 10 years of my life um and I was pretty much forced to grow up in a wetsuit. Uh, You know, every spare bit of time around school was spent at the beach, playing in the sand. And um, from a young age, we were essentially just always in the water, whether that was co-steering or going to the pool with my dad because he's a, a BZAC or was a BZAC dive instructor. So living in Pembrokeshire as well, a place where you're right next to the sea, you know, I was just completely immersed in it from a young age. Um, and so it just became a huge part of my life and has stayed that way ever since. So you were in the UK then,
1: but what's really cool is that you did move to the Canary Islands, right? A bit later on.
2: Yeah, so I've had a bit of a a strange upbringing in the sense that, as you say, first part of my life I spent in Pembrokeshire. And then when we were 11, um, we moved to the Canary Islands, So I like to say that I was forcibly extracted because at the time I was not happy about it at all. And then three days later, I was completely and utterly just wowed by the place and and thought it was the best thing ever. So both places, I was surrounded by the ocean um, and it was there that I actually learned to dive. But yes, a very different sea, a very different environment, but nonetheless, the ocean, Um, and we were never far from it. And I mean, my entire childhood, even in the Canary Islands was pretty much spent on the beach. We would leave school, just head down there, um, as a group and just go and play in the waves. So yeah, when I think about it, I've probably spent as much time in water as I have on land. (laughs) We love that.
0: So what about your experiences with, uh, water sports growing up? What water sports did you get up to?
2: So... From a young age we were doing quite a lot of coast steering so in Pembrokeshire that's a big thing there's lots of brilliant places where you can go coast steering so there's actually a spot called the Blue Lagoon which over recent years has become super popular because they had the Red Bull diving championships there so it's now just the most popular place for going um, and that for anyone that doesn't know just entails essentially getting your wetsuit on and scrambling around cliffs um, and then jumping off of high things which whew, when I was younger I definitely wasn't the most willing participant uh, and had to be bribed on numerous occasions um, including Pokemon cards being uh, kind of like the main source of bribery to get me to jump off things <laughs> um, <laughs> there's always a way to a child's heart and Pokemon cards were the one for me I hope-
1: shiny ones oh shiny
2: shiny ones ones, yeah oh well (laughs) we my sister had my sister had a mew, which was just out of this world i didn't have so much luck i just used to be yeah constantly buying packs and not having a lot of luck in terms of the ones that i was getting but uh yeah shinies were brilliant so started off doing a lot of co-steering um And then, of course, as I said, my dad was a was a dive instructor and at the time was part of a dive school. And so he would often go down for late night training sessions in the pool where he'd meet the rest of the crew. And I used to go and join him. So, you know, at that age, before I was 14 and able to actually become a diver myself, it was just a case of, you know, diving in the pool, diving down to the deep end and kind of, you know, pulling faces at all the divers. But it exposed me to the sport and it was just something that I grew up with. You know, there was dive gear in the house. It was just there, part of our lives. And then when I was 14, um, that's when I trained to become uh, a diver. And just from the very first moment of taking my first breath under the water, which was the most terrifying and kind of amazing experience, seeing the surface slowly disappearing away and you're like, I'm breathing. How is this even happening? Oh, my God. You Kind of just like it's such an unnatural feeling and then seeing this world around you and thinking whoa wow this is all down here and I had no idea there's all this space and this wildlife and this this you know whole world to explore and from then on you know diving has featured as a big part of my life um and then I've dabbled here and there in other things and obviously uh, as you know I found free diving more recently which has now become another huge passion of mine. Yeah.
1: We're going to talk about that, afterwards for sure. <laughs> um, so, how how did um, you becoming a marine si- scientist scientist uh, fit into that? When did it When did you think I want to be you know studying the marine species and everything?
2: So. I was obsessed. Absolutely obsessed with wildlife from a young age. Um, My mum's got pictures of me actually at Bristol Zoo when I'm six years old, crouched down next to a lemur, just completely engrossed and fascinated. And like a lot of people from our generation, grew up watching David Attenborough's documentaries. And so I always had this overwhelming fascination with the natural world. And when I started diving and exploring the ocean, of course, this was this incredible realm full of just amazing wildlife. But as I was discovering it, you soon come to realize that it's not just this amazing place, but a place that's actually plagued with lots of problems and that the natural world is, is under serious threat. And this is kind of like the sad part about, you know, learning about the natural world. You realize just how endangered and and um kind of impacted it is by humans. So determined to kind of protect the thing that I love and be part of you know, that community trying to, to protect it, I decided to go to university and I studied conservation biology. And diving really is a huge part of that and was a mechanism for me not to not only explore and, and get to see this world that I'd come to love so much, but it was also a fantastic way for me as a scientist to be able to to research it and to explore it. So really, it was kind of during my young age, I got shaped by this, this love of wildlife. But then it was as I got older and learned about those threats that I realized, okay, yeah, becoming a marine scientist is the best way that I can help to protect it.
1: I guess I wanted to talk about sailing a little bit, but we're on the diving part. I feel like I want to talk about diving more now
0: we can go back to that
1: we can go okay we'll go back we'll talk a bit about sailing because you just started I mean you're not on a sailboat right now if I'm not mistaken but (laughs) you you on kind of an adventure with that right you're living on a sailboat
2: yeah so you know as a marine scientist uh we do spend a lot of time on boats, uh, if we're lucky. Getting out on field work is probably our favorite thing to do, and uh, obviously spending time or prolonged periods of time on a boat is really useful for that. But unfortunately, it can be it can be few and far between. It's expensive to get out on a boat. And I think many of us ocean lovers have this wanderlust dream of, oh, I'd love to sail the oceans one day. Mm. And so it always been in the back of my mind. And then last year, um, I met a wonderful man, actually under the sea. We met freediving um, and he was already a sailor and he opened up this world to me. So I got my first real taste of this life and sailing uh, last year and then decided to take the plunge because for me, it makes so much sense. You know, sailing is an incredibly green low carbon impact way of exploring the ocean, you know, with without sort of having this big, big impact on it. And living and breathing the ocean just makes so much sense for me because it's my passion, it's my work, it's kind of the the one place that I want to be, if I could be part of it constantly, if I could grow gills, like someone please tell me how to grow gills, I would. Um, and so naturally being on a boat gives me an opportunity to immerse myself in the ocean and get to know it in a way that I would never be able to if I stayed on land. You know, living and breathing the ocean, seeing her change, you know, getting to know her moods and go and explore places that we might not, I might not necessarily get the chance to do if I stayed behind. Because by living on a boat, you can stay for prolonged periods of time. And the size of the boat as well means that we have a unique opportunity to go to know small remote places that other larger boats possibly wouldn't be able to get into because they have you know just uh, they have a deeper hull so yeah living on a boat really just embodies my whole life and passion and, and gives me an opportunity as a scientist to actually do more um and contribute back more whilst i like to say treading lightly on this earth because it's hard to live a lifestyle that doesn't actually have an impact, but I feel like this life on the boat gives me an opportunity to have less impact than I maybe would staying on land. Yeah, definitely.
0: So what's the coolest thing that you've seen whilst living on a boat?
2: The coolest thing I've seen whilst living on a boat. Well, the other day we were leaving Anchorage and Alexi, my partner just said fins i can see fins it's a shark it's a shark and he pointed out the front of the boat and there was just this blue shark gracefully swimming along and we just slowly but surely kind of got nearer and nearer to the point where i could i could see it just under the surface before it darted off and i mean that's the beauty of of sailing is that you have the opportunity at any moment to come across something wonderful like that because you're there you're in it you're living it um and we weren't even trying you know we we were just leaving anchorage moving off to a different place and there was the shark so that was pretty cool but um i think the ultimate goal is to try and see a sperm whale that is my kind of dream to see um and the boat is currently in the azores and there's a good chance so that's kind of the next the next step is to try and find a sperm whale which is much harder than you would think <laughs>
1: I always thought it would be quite hard um, but is it are they around there around where where would you find them is that is that a good spot the Azores? To yeah find, to see them? so the
2: Azores is a really good spot and sperm whales generally really like places like the Azores because they're volcanic islands so they've got really deep drop-offs and they like to hunt in really deep water because their main prey are deep sea squid. So generally, places like the Azores and the Canary Islands are really great places to find them uh, because it has that depth and there's just an abundance of their prey.
0: I'm not sure I'd want to come face to face with a deep sea squid.
2: (laughs) No, I definitely wouldn't want to come face to face with a deep sea squid, although I would probably be in kind of two minds going, oh my god, this is amazing, but also ah yeah. terrifying.
1: Yeah, we, we love squids and octopus and yeah.
0: octopus are my favorite, yes. Yeah.
1: We love
2: mm-hmm. them.
0: Have you seen many of those?
2: Yes. So you do regularly see octopus and uh they are just an endless source of fascination. I just think like you guys, they're brilliant and amazing and uh Every interaction with them is is different, but I just love it when they change the texture of their skin and the colour of their yeah. skin. That blows my mind every time. Yeah.
0: I had a really cool interaction with uh, an octopus recently. We went to Corsica and I was going back to the same one every day, reaching out with my hand and it was just like creeping onto me. But when it actually <laughs> finally did creep onto me, I was scared, and I like, withdrew yeah, my hand, and Mel, Mel was laughing at me for it. Yes. But yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was very small, but it was interesting because we'd so stay cool, quite yeah. far, and just slowly we're obviously just free diving to it, and mm-hmm. yeah, it could you could. Tell how smart he could, you know, it could see us and it was just looking and be like, Why are you doing this? So and yeah. it was just extending an arm slowly and it touched me once and I was just like, Okay, what's gonna happen now? And nothing happened, just touched me and it probably didn't like what it was tasting, <laughs> so it yeah. just withdrew. And I was like, Nope, um, but they, they're amazing. It was tiny though, was I can't so imagine cool like a big one,
0: the amount of different ones that we saw. Most didn't of them want didn't want to come anywhere near us, yeah. Yeah. but this just one was just like really fascinating and curious. Yeah, you can tell. But anyway, that's enough about our octopus or, or stories. Fascination with octopus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I we're, love we're,
1: octopus stories. I'm here. will go on forever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um. So. So about sailing, let's let's keep let's stay on sailing a bit. Um. Do you get to sail a bit, or is it more Alexi doing all the sailing? So I'm a sailor in
2: training. Okay, Um, good. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) He is fantastic. He, you know, really wants me me to learn, Um, not just from a safety perspective, because it's important that uh, I know how to sail too, but also because he wants to uh, kind of share that skill with me. Um, And I'm very, very, very keen to become, you know, my own fledged sailor too. So I'm learning on the job, um he lets me drive I help with hoisting the sails you know I help with everything that I can uh, but he's definitely the expert um but I think learning on the job is probably one of the best ways to do it because reading books obviously can be super useful but putting it into practice and actually being out there understanding the wind a bit better now you know kind of just just being out there and immersing yourself in it I think is the best way to learn
1: for it's, sure. Yeah, it's like a new language or something. It's you gotta just be practicing it and doing it completely.
0: One of my favorite things about sailing and stuff like that is like charting your course and like the maps and uh all that sort Are of stuff. Are you doing a lot of that? I, I find that really, really interesting.
2: <laughs> we use an app.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. Oh no. You can use I just crashed
2: all our <laughs> dreams
1: of like all romantic dreams of you, but, you know, and alexi on the boat, you know, at you know, Moonlight. Like,
2: doing no maybe not oh no yeah no no no. we use celestial navigation Thank you stare just at the stars and like, like Moana yeah, yeah. the one
1: yeah very Mo- Moana style
2: yeah <laughs> that is the dream though we're actually one thing that we're super passionate about is not just sailing but sailing simply sort of you know kind of going back to basics and and not our boat is in no way shape or form kind of you know super techie and that's not what we're about anyway we you know we want it to be simple um, and there's a lot of fantastic kind of knowledge in simple things a lot of people think that they need this high-tech stuff to be able to do things but actually simplicity in its way in its own way is high-tech um, and so yes we do use an app for things uh, but we're hoping you know at some point in our travels that we'll be able to to rely more on kind of you know more ancient methods of uh of navigation and celestial navigation is definitely one that we're very interested in learning more about.
1: Um where are you going to go next then? Do you already have like your your journey mapped or are you are you are you just going to explore everything? So
2: yeah, we have a couple of different ideas. but we kind of we kind of just go with the wind and the waves. The, the overall idea is to do a big loop around the Atlantic. So at the moment we're in the Azores, uh, next stop is either mainland Portugal or Madeira. And then after that, the plan was to go possibly over to Morocco, then the Canary Islands, then down to Cape Verde and then to West Africa. Um, after that, uh, hopefully over to somewhere like Brazil, up to the Caribbean and then back around. So that might take us around two years. We're not really setting a, a specific time frame. We kind of just want to go with, you know, what works for us and take opportunities. You know, if something else comes up and we decide, actually, we want to go here, we will change course. Um, but that's the rough idea is to do this big loop of the Atlantic um, and go to Africa, which is actually somewhere that not so many people venture to. But there's, I think, a lot of adventure to be had there. um, And we're super excited about getting there, hopefully, next year.
1: You're going to get to see so many amazing species as well, everywhere. Because you're going to go, I mean, the Atlantic is, I don't know. Yeah, there's so much to see for you guys to see and explore. It
2: really is. And I think a lot of people don't realise just how incredible the Atlantic Ocean is. Uh, For wildlife, you know, she's absolutely packed full of all sorts the Azores for example is somewhere that a lot of people you know maybe think of because it's in more in the northern Atlantic as being somewhere that doesn't have a lot of wildlife but it has whales it has sharks it has mobulas, it has all sorts of stuff It even gets whale sharks I mean whale sharks in the Atlantic most people don't even realize that so yeah the Atlantic in its own way is actually I think a bit of an undiscovered or not undiscovered but People don't quite realise how special it is.
0: I didn't know that whale sharks were in the Atlantic.
2: Yes. They'll be coming
1: to the channels soon, you know, to us. Not to us. No, but I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Sadly,
2: there haven't been any whale shark sightings up here, but then if there were, I'd... Probably be a bit worried. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. I was gonna say it might happen, but it won't be a good thing. Um, yeah. We only get. what do we get in the UK? We get the. Um, um, I'm forgetting the name. The brown, Our the breeding. The, yes, these ones. Yeah. yeah. like in Cornwall, they do. They do see them often. Yeah. Oh, they're amazing. They're pretty cool. Yeah. I always think Very if you're cool. swimming, you might just end up, you know, being swallowed by one because they always <laughs> have their mouth open. No?
0: I don't think they'd find you tasty. No.
1: They might not even notice if they used. They'll be like, oh, so what's that? Oh, that's something. Oh, oh,
2: okay. No. Um, they fancy plankton more than people, sadly. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, but they wouldn't do it on purpose. It would just be, they'd be chilling there. You'd be chilling there. And then, oh. You I know? think you're going down a
0: rabbit hole. Okay, of, okay. Um... sorry.
1: Sorry, Mike. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> so let's get to free diving. I want to talk about free diving and your first experience with free diving, which is obviously, you know, when you met your partner, isn't it?
2: Yes, so freediving honestly changed my life. I cannot, oh, I cannot kind of praise the sports enough, really. Uh, you know, diving is amazing, but there really is something special about freediving. And I think it's the simplicity of it. So I discovered freediving last year when I went to the Canary Islands to, to train. So I trained back in October and I did my ADA Level 2 course, So Ada is just like like Paddy. It's one of the um, the names of the companies or certifications that you can get. And that entailed three days of doing depth training, pool training and then lots of theory. And just from day one, I was completely taken with it. It was just so fascinating to learn about the science behind holding your breath, what happens to your body and then kind of the science of, you know, entering the water and the kind of physiological changes that happen to you when you get into water. And then the act of freediving itself is just such a simple and immersive way of slipping into the ocean and becoming part of it. And so I remember Alexi was my instructor and we'd had that we'd done our theory session and then he's like, we're going to the water. And I would I was pretty nervous you know even as someone who had spent a lot of time in water the thought going through my head was I can't hold my breath long enough oh god pulling myself down to like more than 10 meters that's terrifying you know 10 meters is is quite a way down when you're not confident and I remember holding that line and trying to relax because freediving is as much a mental game as it is a physical game and the whole idea is to relax and to believe in yourself And at the time I was really struggling. I'd had like a pretty tough summer. You know, mentally was, had been a really tough year. And I'm holding this line and I'm thinking to myself, it's just you in the ocean. It's just you in the ocean. And I'm repeating this to myself and I'm just breathing slowly. And then I pulled myself down and it's this rhythmic motion of pulling, equalizing, pulling, equalizing. And I think I got down to about eight meters and then I think it. Re- I realised, oh, my goodness, I'm at eight metres. And then just kind of, you know, slowly went back up. But this overwhelming feeling after surfacing from this dive was, whoa, this is cool. Slightly terrifying, but cool. And it was just so quiet. You know, when you dive, you have all these bubbles. It's just like Darth Vader, like on repeat, like... And you're lumbered with this tank and this BCD and you kind of feel like you're, you know, in a straitjacket. But when you're free diving, you just dive down on one breath and you become part of that environment and you just hear the ocean around you. And so, you know, I kept pushing, kept pushing. And on the final day, I managed to get to the depth that I needed to be able to pass my Ada Level 2 course, which was just over 15 meters. And it was euphoric. I was coming out of these sessions, free diving, feeling this overwhelming sort of like high of like, wow, just feel like I'm on cloud nine. And I'd never felt that with diving, you know, diving. I'd had moments with wildlife where I'd been blown away, but I didn't feel this sense of kind of replenishment or restoration that I felt when I was free diving. And then from that moment, I thought, right, that's it. I've, I've got I've got to do this. I've got to make this part of my life. And so I sold my flat. I packed up my life in Bristol and I relocated back out to the Canary Islands in the new year. And I spent three solid months training day in, day out, trying to push through that mental barrier, trying to get deeper to that point where I would reach what they call the gateway to the deep. And after two months, I was down at 35 meters and just like just nothing was stopping me it was as if i had like pushed through this barrier and had unlocked this world that i just had more and more of a desire to to go and and experience and ever since it's it's become a ritual of my life and something that's incorporated into mine and alexi's life every single day we have to say it's amazing right
1: we have to say it now
2: yeah it's
1: that sounds i mean we both love free diving. we've never done a course or we really want to do or a either like you said yes um but yeah that yeah the way you talk about it you can tell you're absolutely in love with it and we, we yeah I don't, I, i'm speechless speechless i do <laughs> love that
0: feeling when you're like underwater and like you said, look with with scuba diving, you have got so much mm, sound. Like you got bubbles everywhere. You got all this equipment on, but yeah, like you said, it's it's so freeing to be underwater with nothing yeah. nothing mm-hmm. on you, just your breath underwater. And I feel like you can get closer to like more animals and like uh, fish because they can't hear you or you haven't got bubbles. Mm-hmm. They sort of want to come a bit closer, and and you can sort of interact with them a little bit more, which is one of my favorite things about freediving for sure
2: completely you're completely right because you become a marine mammal for a moment in time and animals are fascinated by you because you're this alien creature that isn't making any noise isn't scary in a way and they do come so much closer the only limitation of course though is the the holding the breath and so it's always that bittersweet moment of like wow this is incredible but i do need to go back to the surface and breathe (laughs) but you can train that so yeah slowly eking out the seconds longer and longer um
1: have you have you dive? then have you freedived with some with some amazing creatures recently
2: yes so the most mind-blowing moment of my life five whale sharks in the Maldives swirling around me coming out of the darkness off the back of our boat at night was just one of the most humbling moments ever to be in the presence of the largest fish in the ocean and they're so gentle and majestic and and just beautiful and this was uh you know something i'd hoped to do which was to see them but never in my wildest dreams did i think that we would have five coming to the back of the boat and that i would have a chance to just dive down in between them um and actually a good friend of mine captured the moment And if anyone wants to go and see the photo, it's on my Instagram and it's a shot of me sort of diving down with my arms kind of spread in between these sharks as they're feeding on all the zooplankton that's collected in this light pool off the back of the boat. And that was just incredible. You know, I I, I slipped into that world and because I was free diving, they weren't at all perturbed by my presence. You know, I think that they couldn't care less actually that I was there and obviously maintaining a safe distance because these sharks can move quickly. Um, and also because we need to respect wildlife and, and even when you're free diving and I'd say that you're kind of, you know, as, as natural as you can be in the presence of wildlife, you always have to keep your distance, but they were not bothered at all. They were there for the zooplankton. But for me, just seeing these giants coming out of the dark and their patterns, which are just like the starry night sky was just mind blowing. And uh, a moment that I would definitely never forget.
0: I would have been really scared diving off the back of a boat in the dark. Mm, yeah. I would have been really scared. Did you have lights under there?
2: The so, no lights underwater. We just had one big floodlight off the back of the boat. Mm. And I, yeah. I know what you mean. It's funny. Before I started night diving or before I started spending time in water at night, it was a pretty terrifying feeling, you know, or thought of thinking about oh gosh being in the water when you can't see what's there but weirdly the darkness can feel like a blanket almost like a cocoon and I kind of weirdly sometimes feel safe in it safe in the darkness um but maybe that's just me tricking myself into into not thinking about actually what's around because yes the Maldives has some pretty impressive shark species there but you know I think it's testament that uh you know you can jump in water and sharks aren't just there to to come and you know get every human being then that's not what sharks are about at all um but i understand the fear i understand the fear of getting into dark water and not being able to see what's there but in reality the ocean you know isn't this super it's one to be respected it can be dangerous in situations but you know normally when you're jumping into the water like that there's 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 nothing to be afraid of and it's just our wild imagination that likes to think that some big bad monster is going to come out the dark and eat us
0: <laughs> for sure there's some super tasty fish for them so i don't think they're going to want to come <laughs> chew on us
2: yeah. we're not tasty anyway
1: no but it must no. have been so trippy in a way so you know like whoa, because that's the thing i remember i've been obviously we've all been i don't know if we've all been but people that love the water will have been in the water at night and mm. it's such a strange feeling already, but you having like the whale shark there, it must have been. Yeah. I can't imagine. An amazing yeah. Experience. Like the the best experience of your life probably, like you said, because yeah, oh God.
2: it is a, it is a funny one because you see a shape appearing and the first, you know, your eyes are trying to work out what it is. So yes, at first you're like big shape coming towards me. What is that? And then you see it's a whale shark. You're like, whew. Um, <laughs> But again, that goes back to our overactive imaginations. Um, But yeah, for anyone that uh, is maybe uh, afraid of getting in uh, at night, I say do it. Uh, You know, something that many people don't know about me is that I was such a scaredy cat as a kid. I was just always the one kind of like coming up the rear with my brother and sister. They were the brave ones jumping first. They were the brave ones kind of, you know, trudging around, never afraid of anything. And I was the one that always needed coaxing. And uh, sometimes facing your fears, you can discover, you can discover incredible things. And uh, diving at night was definitely something I was very afraid of at first. But then when you do it, and then you see just how different the ocean is at night, it's a completely different experience. And it's just amazing. And I found uh, love of it now now when I want it you know getting in at night's an exciting prospect it's not a daunting one so for anyone that's yeah wondering whether they should try it I say try it I will, <laughs> I will. <laughs> yeah, you should come we, out we'll we, go we, yeah
1: we'll go. definitely I was <laughs> definitely gonna go say because where we are is not the best place I mean there there is obviously white life everywhere but you know on like the southeast coast of the UK um it's not the best place for free diving really. it's a bit milky it's a bit, it's a bit you yeah. can't see past one meter but um yeah. i think mean, if
0: you go offshore like uh, no, 50 yeah. meters or 100 meters then it, it starts be getting fine. a lot clearer yeah. but yeah around around like the shoreline yeah it's quite we
1: just see crabs at night look at it's like what are you doing here you know what why are you here <laughs>
2: anyway. yeah definitely is more pleasant in a warmer climate that's for sure and somewhere where the visibility is better because yeah We are not necessarily blessed with the best visibility in the UK, but there are spots that you can find in Cornwall. There are some really beautiful places, uh, like Helford river, fantastic seagrass meadow there. That's probably a really safe place to experience the ocean at night. If you want a little paddle, although I'd always say, don't go alone, go in a group, um, and make sure you, you check the tides and you check everything before you get in. But, uh, Yeah, I mean, snorkeling on Seagrass Meadow at night, I think would be really cool. A bit ticklish. Like, what's that?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm the same. I'm still like, so sometimes it's what you said about the imagination. At night, you just, if you start thinking of something weird, then you're done. But um, yeah, yeah, it's what we'll try again. We'll go somewhere nice and Mm -hmm. get in at night. And think of you say, if something bad happens, I will call Charlie <laughs> and say, The shot yeah. just go out of nowhere and chop my leg. I
0: have to get ourselves <laughs> a little underwater torch.
1: Yeah. But like, oh it's got away. Oh, yeah, you'll see it coming. <laughs>
2: it's even scarier.
1: Yeah, but go anyway. with the
2: torch. That's what I'd always say. Go with the torch <laughs> anyway. That's a good safety uh kind of instrument to have with you anyway to to be able to sos someone if you needed to mm, yeah. uh, or draw attention but also so you can actually see stuff
1: <laughs> so, yeah. It might turn them off as well i feel like if you're at night and something again like we said it's very unlikely it's yeah exactly no maybe. but imagine that it would I, I feel like a shot or anything else like an orca, like would probably be turned off by like a bright light coming into their faces right maybe it might well, they be might it. be
0: interested by it and they might be like
1: oh a fish with this? some light on it <laughs> yeah. um okay I wanted to just come back to freediving and if you had any tips for you know wannabe freedivers
2: yeah so it depends if you you know uh, if you're if you're scared of getting in the water because you don't feel like you've actually you know you can't hold your breath and that you you know you can't do it there are a lot of great exercises that you can do on land to start training yourself to actually improve your breath hold. Um, So there are lots of different kind of techniques, but one that Alexi and I like to do is to kind of uh, do like full lung stretching. So kind of stretching and expanding our lungs so that um, we just have a greater capacity to take a a fuller breath. Um, But then also laying down and um, doing breath holds. So just, you know, laying down, on your bed and seeing how long you can kind of like hold your breath for and doing things like co2 tables so for someone wanting to kind of like you know gain confidence maybe even before they get in the water to see just how long they can hold your breath there are a lot of great things that you can do um in that way which is all dry training so that can give you that confidence when you get into the water but really the the best tip is to just just go and do an intro day. So Alexi and I were running a couple of intro days to free diving um here in Pembrokeshire. So he was he was the instructor doing a theory session and then we were taking people into, you know, a nice enclosed safe space and letting people go up and down the line. And I think, you know, until you until you do that, um, it can be quite hard to sort of I guess grasp what it feels like and to to sort of feel completely comfortable but I think yeah just the best thing is to just get out there and try it but I would recommend doing it somewhere where it's warm or there's good visibility because if you do have an overactive imagination then you know obviously low visibility (laughs) is always a bit disconcerting Um, and it's just more pleasant because being cold and freediving the two don't go I mean there are some brilliant people out there that freedive in you know very cold places but Definitely when you're starting out, being warm, not shivering, you know, kind of using a lot of like oxygen and, and producing a lot of CO2 is is really good uh for kind of yeah, starting out. So I would say, you know, go somewhere like I went, like the Canary Islands, where you've got the visibility, the warmth, and it's very peaceful and, and calming. Um, but yeah, those would be my kind of two tips. Just throw yourself in there and, and do it or do some dry training.
0: Or just go in the bath and hold your breath.
2: Oh, see, I would... uh, Only if someone's there. Because you don't (laughs) want to... It was not healthy.
1: That's not a great
0: tip then. I do it all the time.
1: Oh, gosh. Yeah, it does.
2: Well, I'm pleased you're still here. Not that you're probably in too much danger in the bath, but, yeah, I would always say don't... um, don't ever dive alone that's the number one yeah. rule um as yeah. you guys know as water sports any you know, water sport people. i don't think you should do it alone yeah <laughs> i mean <excellent>. no no <laughs> even none. if it's the yeah. bath <laughs> <laughs> that's where we should
1: sports. get an expert <laughs> bather. it's a good water sport being in the bath especially for you maybe i should just interview
0: i can't even in the bath
1: <laughs> um actually yeah so i was gonna i was gonna ask you if you prefer free diving or scuba diving but we, I think you've answered that question already. So, um, but talking about scuba diving a little bit, why would, I mean, I know, I know you really prefer free diving. It's obvious, but what would be the only, is there something scuba diving has? Is it just staying maybe underwater longer? So you get to see, is that, yeah.
2: Yeah. So, you know, the advantage of scuba diving is that you can go to depth and stay there for, for a long period of time. So, for exploring reefs, for exploring underwater seascapes, it's incredible. You know, you, you can't quite do that when you're free diving because unless you're well-trained, but you know, going to 20 meters and, and having enough time to sort of go and explore the whole reef and necessarily see tiny little creatures, it's, yeah, it's, it's just not as advantageous as, as diving. And also from a scientist's perspective, You know, diving gives us the opportunity to stay down there and and do surveys, uh, be able to see the marine life actually do work. Whereas free diving and doing things like coral transects or fish surveys is a lot more difficult, although it can be done. And people do get towed behind boats sometimes kind of on snorkel. But yeah, that's kind of the advantage is that with a tank on your back, obviously you can stay down there longer. But I feel like you definitely get the best wildlife experiences when you're free diving.
0: So you've told us about your favorite thing when you've been free diving, which is the whale sharks. What's, yes. what's your favorite time when you've been scuba diving?
2: This is like, a, this is like trying to choose between your kids. There's like, <laughs> it's really hard. Can you have a favorite? Um, I, oh, I've had some just, just crazy, crazy dives, and there's there's a couple that I love for different reasons. One night dive where the marine kind of invertebrate life that I saw was just out of this world. So I saw a feather star like, you know, swimming along and on top of it was this tiny little crab that mimics what this what this um, sea star looks like. And essentially was just stealing its food and it was just the most random, bizarre, amazing creature ever. And I was just like, oh, this is so cool. And there's bioluminescence everywhere. And then I've had moments where I'm you know, I'm I'm diving really deep and there is just, you know, all of these bones from basically we were diving in the Maldives and there was these bones from all of the fishermen that had like chucked loads of carcasses into the water. And there is just these rays coming in, swooping over and these guitar sharks swooping in and creating these billowing kind of clouds of sand and just sharks everywhere and just madness. And, you know, just just moments that you can't even imagine their their beauty and just just how wild it is, so yeah, there are I could go on and on. You know, I've been very very lucky, but if you spend enough time in the ocean, you will get these experiences. And actually, one that's much closer to home is diving with seals off the Farne Islands. So if anyone's looking for some really cool diving in the UK, um, I would say go to someone like Lundy Island or the Farne Islands, and uh, diving with the seals is just <sighs> I mean, they just, they, they love interacting with people and they come up and they nibble your fins and they're so cheeky and it's just, you know, beautiful when you get the visibility. So yeah, there are, um, there have been lots of wonderful moments. And to be honest, every time I have a new experience, I'm like, that was the best one. And then I go to something else. and I'm like, that was the best one. <laughs> <It's> just, yeah, <laughs> hard to choose.
1: Shall we talk about wild swimming? Because you did a little bit of that as well recently, right? Yes. It's not it's not as exciting I'd say but it's still pretty cool.
2: I think wild swimming is actually a wonderful way for somebody that isn't necessarily comfortable with water to really start becoming more immersed in it. I like to say it's a a great way to sort of like dip your toes into the watery world because swimming in a river or in a wild body of water, you know, a local wild body of water um, can be just a really great way to sort of like, yeah, build up that love of of being in water, but, you know, in quite a, a safe and enjoyable way. And swimming really was my way to rewild myself after the first lockdown. So, you know, sadly, I didn't actually at the time um, live near the sea I was in Bristol in a flat with no outdoor space so I spent the pretty much the entire pandemic kind of cooped up inside and for me being someone that had grown up around the sea so much that was really tough and I missed it immensely and then when you know lockdown finished we weren't really allowed to travel around so much and I wanted to stay local we're still truly like understanding kind of how Covid worked how it was being transmitted everything so You know, staying local was important Um, and I was just yearning, 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 yearning for water. And I had seen people, you know, going wild swimming, a couple of mutual friends had been doing it for a while. And so I decided to, to go for it. And so what a friend and I did is we decided to set ourselves a challenge of 31 days wild swimming and we documented the whole thing. And every single day we went and swam in a wild body of water. And it was just our way to rewild our souls after such a long time being indoors and being nature deprived. And the beauty of wild swimming, although it might seem really simple, is that the benefits that you can get from swimming are just immense. You know, getting into water the dive, re- uh, so the mammalian dive response is triggered in your body. And this is a set of physiological responses where your heart rate is lowered. All of the blood is sort of focused on your, your, your main organs, so your brain, your heart, your lungs. Your entire body goes into this kind of like relaxed state, it overrides your state. So if you're feeling anxious, it's a wonderful way to sort of wash that, that those feelings away and, and, and to just be calm so for anyone that's, you know, wanting to sort of rewild themselves, getting out and swimming anywhere, you know, if you've got a river, you've got a, you know, a pond, a bath, <laughs> you know, getting into water is really good for you. And then swimming in itself is great aerobic exercise. Um, you're supported by the water, so it's not heavy on the joints. And, you know, you also get to see amazing wildlife. So, you know, for these 31 days, we saw kingfishers, we saw... Um, All sorts of weird and wonderful fish, you know, lots of invertebrate life, like all the, you know, in the evenings, just seeing all the mayflies kind of like coming around and sort of dancing above the water. And uh, I think, was it even on that one that we saw voles once? Just, you know, another brilliant way to sort of, you know, get that dose of nature without necessarily going too far. And it's on your doorstep. So, yeah, um, that was really a lifesaver for me after such a long time out of water and feeling dry, way too dry for my liking. (laughs) Um, And yeah, it was just a brilliant experience and probably another good way if anyone wants to get into free diving and they're not comfortable with the water at all, you know, get in and do some little swims because, you know, that will build up your kind of connection with it.
1: It'll build up your confidence as well, I guess is what you meant. Yeah. Yes. It's all about confidence for water sports. It really we're is. we're kind of, we're not fish. We're human and we're not, for we're not yourself. really I know. <laughs> you keep saying you're fish. I mean, if anything, I'm more of a fish than you are, but okay. Um, I don't know. But well, we can argue about this later, Michael.
2: I love this um, household dispute about whether he's a fish or not. That's brilliant. <laughs> I just
1: think I'm more of a fish than him.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I think but, you're more of an octopus.
1: I am a bit of an octopus, (laughs) technically, because I'm a woman and I can do everything all the time at the same time. (laughs) Um, But yeah, building the confidence to be in the water and because we're not necessarily a lot of people aren't used to it. Like you said, like we usually on land walking around and um, yeah, you have all these different water sports that you can get into to slowly feel more and more at ease and then end up loving it. It's what we always say, we love being in the water. Like, I feel so at home underwater. I'm like you. I was just, the feeling is just, even if you're not going deep, even if you're not actually free diving, just being, putting your head underwater. We are laughing with a friend the other day, how I went to the beach, and I cannot get in the water without putting my head underwater. He's yeah. like, oh, you're. I won't just walk out and be like, oh, I'm just going to stay dry for half. No, it's like, you got to jump into the water and, um, and, you know, get into that.
2: In there. I like that. Have you actually been to the beach if you haven't put your head under the water? It's no. questionable. doesn't count.
0: <laughs> Love how accessible like world swimming is. And uh, for, for us, as we live by the coast, it's it's such a nice a lot thing to do. do and a, a lot more yeah. people, uh, since COVID as well, I see a lot more people, you know, they, they're walking down the street with their dry robes on. They've got their flip flip flops on and they they stroll down to the pool or, or to the beach and there's there's such a community of people doing it now like um, yeah it, and amazing. through the winter as well all the way through the winter yeah. they go down there and sort of just get in there and it's just, it's such a great way of just immersing yourself in the water and and for exercise as well yeah I th- yeah I think it's amazing
2: and you're right there is such a community about it and I think that's one of the nicest things is that I think it's one of the purest ways to spend time with people I probably don't or don't feel as kind of connected or as if I'm truly having such a, a rich time with people as when I'm sharing the water with them because you leave your phones behind you leave distractions behind and you're just there yourself with your friends or your family enjoying a very pure and simple moment
1: okay so have you tried any other water sports
2: yes I've tried a couple um to varying degrees of success (laughs) I would love to be a surfer because people surfing big waves just look so cool also I'd love to be a kite surfer but I think my sort of fear of heights, which has got much better over the years, just has maybe kept me from doing that. But yes, I've tried I've tried a lot of surfing. Surfing's actually something my brother and sister are really good at and love doing, but I'm just kind of the over-enthusiastic uh, kid in the broken waves who's kind of like, yeah, got up, and it's kind of, you know, really sort of doing an over-exaggerated kind of surf stance, going in a straight line and then like jumping off. That's kind of my extent of surfing um and then that's oh no of course how could I forget sea kayaking I've done a lot of that my sister's uh, a sea kayaker she has a expedition company over in Ibiza so uh lucky things lived over there she never came back from the Canary Islands um and she co-owns this expedition company and uh so she's on the ocean every day sea kayaking and so whenever I'm with her I go out too. Uh, but she's much better at me than that. She has a much stronger arms. This is where I lack strong upper body strength to be a good surfer or kayaker.
0: Yeah, for surfing, you definitely need a good bit of upper body strength, don't you? Oh, yeah, and it's very difficult. I know you say yeah. you're not very, very good. Neither are we. <laughs> we
1: for yourself no I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding I'm kidding I'm kidding I'm not yeah, but yeah you like it's longboarding so, it's so difficult
0: compared to like else, I think. Yeah. Kite surfing is easy Kite is easy but you said yeah. your
1: fear of heights for kitesurfing but you can kitesurf without jumping
0: yeah you don't have to leave the but you're water.
1: quite gnarly so you'd probably like me you'd be like oh no but this is too tempting let's jump yeah and then you'd get scared but you know it's yeah. like it's like freediving at night you got you're gonna have to try
2: it one day. yeah i and think i am i think uh face your fear yeah that's <laughs> kind of the way i try at least these days is if i am fearful of something is to give it a go but saying that you will not get me bungee jumping because i feel like that is just the most ridiculous sport ever <laughs> it's like let's just strap this bit of like string to your ankles and then just jump it's like pff, is it yeah. a sport why are you looking at me i haven't
1: done this bunch bungee bungee
0: jumping. jumping
1: a sport uh say it is yeah
0: because
1: I've done a lot of skydiving, which I think is way better. Because I'm no. the same. Ad- what scares me about bungee jumping is there's, like, usually a surface. You know, you're jumping from something. And yeah. it's like, what if you actually smash into that? So, like, I don't, yeah. if it was into nothing, but, uh, yeah, I just, I think it's a bit ridiculous. But, so, you know, let's not, we, we're digging out another. It's, it's, we can't dig some out Some people, yeah, some people probably love it. Maybe. Yeah. You know, they're a bit weird, but... um.
0: Are there any other water sports that you want to try? You said you want to try some kite surfing. Is there, is there any other water sports that you want to try? I
2: uh, quite like to try wakeboarding. That looks quite fun. Um, but, yeah, the opportunities kind of never presented itself. And I'm not sure, given my, my track record with surfing, whether I would actually be any good at it. But I would quite like to – I'm kind of interested in anything that involves water, really, and giving it a go because – quite often you think that you won't like something and then you know you try it once and you're absolutely besotted with it so that could happen for me with kite surfing and then we're gonna have to get a kite surf on the boat which I'm not sure how there'll be space for it but (laughs) (laughs) you can wakeboard
1: at the back of the boat Ooh. That, could, that could work yeah. you need to get if it goes faster. Right? yeah
2: you need to yeah. use the engine probably for how it. about seven knots is seven knots fast enough <laughs> probably, <laughs> not. Uh,
0: probably not no. <laughs> probably
2: not but actually be like on yeah. my front just being pulled along
1: <laughs> but, yeah. you know you say about a space for kite surfing so it's it, it would be fine because it's actually not that you know you can just get a board and then your mm. kite you fold it and That's put it in a bag yeah. but what would be cool is like when you're traveling on the boat if you get somewhere that's really windy, you can race with Alexi. You know, you can be on the boat, and you can be <laughs> kitesurfing, you can both like, whoa, That'd be pretty cool. Because uh, you could literally go where the wind is. Fun. I mean, you'd already be where the wind is, but yeah, anyway. But I guess you already do so much. We're not, we're not saying that you need to do more. You already no. do so many amazing things. You're, you know, a lot of. it's nice to focus on a few things yeah well you can't do it you know we can't do everything you can you know we wish we were on a sailboat free diving with with well sharks but we come and join
2: us we're trying to recruit a flotilla we're just uh, most people i speak to are like that sounds like a good idea i'm like do it come on let's go
1: (laughs) we would really but we do have a 16 month old daughter so it might be a bit tricky but Maybe mm. when she's older. When she's older. We'll I mean, I think it would, it could have been, I feel like your journey could have, I could have had that journey if I didn't meet you I might. well, I mean, I met you and you, you taught me kites, I think, so it's kind of the same thing. And now we've got a kite school. So, you know, we, <laughs> women just falling in love with instructors. Um, but
2: well, that's it happens, yeah. doesn't it? It's it one of those
1: things. <laughs> They're good at one thing and then, no, I'm kidding. Oh, <laughs> you're great. At everything. Um, But, yeah.
0: So have you got any dreams or aspirations for the future? Um, You said about some of your plans for sailing and stuff like that, but have have you got any other sort of dreams or things you've got in the pipeline?
2: Well, I have an ambition to kind of, I guess, well, big dream is I would love to actually maybe compete with freediving. So, you know, training for those two months, I fell in love with it. And I feel like I might have a bit of a flair for it. I'm not saying that I'm going to be going for world records, but it's definitely something that I really want to commit some time to and to actually put some solid training in to see just how far I can go with it. Um, You know, reaching 35 meters was a a huge milestone for me and living on a boat feels like an invaluable opportunity because we have all of our our diving kit. Alexi is an instructor and an incredible freediver himself. I'm always trying to convince him that he should uh, he should go competitively, but he's more interested in kind of, I think, nurturing the love of it and teaching people and then just enjoying it, you know, from just the, the pure love of the sport. But that is something that I'm interested in pursuing and potentially maybe giving a go to. We'll see how it goes. No idea if I actually have what it takes to break any national records because it's pretty far away from where I've got to so far. But I'm really excited by the idea of just seeing how far I can push myself kind of mentally Um, and to also go that deep on one breath is kind of a really terrifying but exciting idea.
0: So you say about the records? Do you know what mm. the records are for free diving?
2: Yeah, so I think that the national ladies free diving record at the moment, with uh, I think by fins, is eighty-two meters. Oh wow! So it's pretty deep. Um, but the deepest diving woman in the world, um, Alenka Artnik, she set a record last year of one hundred and twenty-two meters. So. I mean, I can't even begin, like, you know, even getting to 35 meters, you, you know, you feel the ocean wrapping itself around you and you feel the pressure and, you know, holding your breath for that long is just, you know, it, it, it takes a lot. But going to 122 meters is just mind blowing. And um, yeah, not sure I'll ever get there. But um, I've thought about trying to give the national record a go for its money, but we'll see. We'll see. The women that have set those records are incredibly talented and I, I have no idea if I've got what it takes, but I kind of like the challenge.
0: A thing that came into my mind then was uh, the film.
1: I knew you were going to talk about this. <laughs> I showed him the film I loved the most when I was a kid. I don't know if you've seen it. Um, It's a French film. It's called The Big Blue. <gasps> have you seen it? Yes. How yeah. deep
2: can you dive?
1: Yeah. <laughs> 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 I mean, I'm saying it's a French film. I'm pretty sure it's a French Is it not a French film? I'm pretty sure yeah, it is. It is a French film. It is French. Yeah. Yeah. No, but it could have been me because when I was a kid, I watched everything yeah. in French, and France likes to put all the titles in French. Like, you know, we just pretend that everything is. Anyway. So. Yeah. But amazing this film. film. Yes. Yeah, I showed him, and it's. That, that's yeah. what that
0: reminded me of when you oh, was, yeah. when you were saying about that. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm it's super such deep a big, and yeah, yeah, amazing film. It's
1: a bit sad oh, as
2: well. So good. Yeah. You've made me want to watch it again. I just, yeah. Love, love, love it. I mean, don't want to, no spoiler alerts. Bit of a weird ending, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a weird ending. <laughs> but we won't speak of it. <laughs> no, we won't. No, it's no, not if you've anything. not
0: seen it, go and watch film. that. Um, like free
1: but d- that's definitely what made me fall in, not fall in love with the ocean, but it was part of when I was a kid, how much, you know, the yeah. the love he has for it and for freediving. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, it's a beautiful film.
2: Speaking of which, if someone wants to, Get a kind of taste of freediving without even going in the water or doing anything. Really good book to read is Deep by James Nestor. I don't know if either of you have read okay. it, but yeah. it's brilliant because yeah. it's essentially this uh, journalist, James Nestor, who goes on this journey to discover freediving, the science behind it, and then goes on this epic adventure around the ocean to kind of like, you know, discover the deep sea and all sorts of cool stuff. It's a wonderful book and a really good introduction to freediving.
0: I will read it.
2: Yeah, it's going to
0: be on our. I think a good book for you to read is um, a book called Swell. Have you heard of it? By uh, Captain Lizzie Clark, and uh, she she lives on a sailboat and she she sails this boat around around the world uh, chasing waves. Um, But yeah, really really cool, really really cool book. You you might like that.
2: Cool. I'm going to do that. I'm going to buy that.
0: (laughs) Swapping books.
1: Yeah, I want to read. uh, ocean ramsey's book as well yeah. you know the the one she wrote on sharks because she's she's pretty cool as well and knowledge on sharks is amazing um there's so many good books now anyway it's nice when people that go in have these adventures actually you know write about them
2: for the for people to you know live through it yeah Finally. and there's definitely not enough good freediving books out there so yeah uh, whenever I find an ocean orientated one about free diving, or or kind of things like hearing about—is it Lizzie's story? You said Lizzie Clark? Yep. Clark. yeah Yeah, her story, like, yeah, super inspiring, and uh, yeah, just love love reading about other people's stories and adventures.
0: Oh, well, you'll have to write one. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yes, maybe I will one day, but um, at the moment, I seem to be kind of spending too much time underwater to well, and not enough in front of my screen, but it's, it's no, but yeah, good, yeah better use of my time. I don't know. More time underwater, more stories to tell. Maybe it's the way it's done. I don't know.
0: Yeah, later on you write the book. Yeah. Spend more time underwater. When
1: you're it's 90 fun. and you've lived it all. Yes. It's just like, ah, oh, <laughs> back in the early 2000s when I saw these <laughs> whale sharks at night and I wasn't scared. It was the best time of my life. No, but you've got so much still to advent like so many adventures to come. There wouldn't be mm. no point in writing anything now. You gotta live it. That's the whole point of life, isn't it? Absolutely. We can all, all write when we're old. And,
2: and we I'm looking forward
0: to old. following your adventures on Instagram and, and all these yeah. other things. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing what you get up to on your boat. Mm.
2: Thank you. Yeah, I'm super excited about it. It's a a different kind of it's 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 a different rhythm of life and one that I'm really excited to kind of you know experience more it's only been a couple of months that I've been on the boat now and I'm still learning so much and it, it tests you and we've given up a lot of comfort to 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 live on the boat but we wouldn't change it for anything and uh, just the more time I spend on the mo on the boat the more I fall in love with it and yeah very excited about where it takes us
1: amazing okay well it was so nice chatting with, yeah, you. It lovely chatting with you and thank you for sharing your stories it was yeah it was dreamy we can we can see it when you were talking about it. We could see it, picture it.
2: It's gonna be amazing. Um,
0: yeah, thank so, yeah. you so much for your time.
2: Yeah. Thank you, thank you and um, of course, if you ever want to come and free dive, you're welcome to join Alexi and I wherever we are out in the ocean.
1: We would love we that. We re- we really would. Yes. We'll probably take you up on that. But, like Charlie, <laughs> you remember when you said that? We're actually here.
2: Look to your right. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> this is the secret ploy is that we're just slowly but surely trying to recruit people that want to free dive. <laughs> like, yes, more people. I think,
1: yeah, but you, I think that's the thing. It's such an amazing sport, but it's it's quite niche. It's not that well known to most yeah. people, I'd say. Uh, but like you said, once they know more about it, or if they try just a little bit and get a taste of it, a lot of people would fall in love with it. A lot of people
0: it. that we've spoken to have said, you know, it, when we always ask like uh, a question saying like what, what water spot would you like to try and stuff and a lot of people have said free diving wow
2: so yeah, yeah
0: it is it is a popular well, one with people, spear people a as well, spot.
1: which isn't great yeah so like, can you not do it without just, killing anything just don't take mm. the spear yeah just go underwater and look <laughs> at the fish make friends with the yeah. fish it's fun. <laughs> um,
2: well then i'll see you out there definitely, Yeah, definitely cool
0: we hope you enjoyed this episode with charlie If you want to see more from Charlie, then please check out the description where you'll find links to her social pages, YouTube channel and website. If you like the podcast, then please show some appreciation and leave us a review and rate us. If you want to check out anything else we get up to at Tide, then please head over to our social channels on Instagram, Facebook or check out our website, tidewatersports.co.uk. Thanks for listening. See you for the next one. Bye.